Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. It's Tuesday, January 17th. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the commander this week. He's going to be back on Monday. He's out, uh, I think, enjoying warmer weather than we're going to have over the next few days out on the West Coast. Uh, and behind the board, as always, executive producer Johnny Cadillac. Johnny, thank you so much for taking care of us today of course and all week as you always do always I, an honor i got it i got the johnny question just hold on just a second all right because That's we fine. need to jump in here quick um we were just upgraded to a winter storm warning it's going to take effect starting tomorrow morning around 6 a.m going to <laughs> thursday morning at 6 a.m they're talking about five to eight inches of heavy wet Ooh. snow and possibly around a tenth of an inch or so of ice that means it's going to be a little slick outside. So be careful. Uh, stay tuned to KLAM. We'll keep you up to date on the weather. And I know along with that, it's going to bring a lot of chaps. So uh, get those sent in to uh, LNK today, tomorrow morning, starting at 710. Uh, what chaps your hide Wednesday? And I'm sure weather will be part of that. Now, Johnny, I, we haven't heard anything yet if school's been canceled. Um, we know some outside of the city of Lincoln have. Um, but my question to you is this. Do you remember on school days um, when you had a snow day? What did you do? Like, what was your favorite thing to do during snow day? Oh, man, that's making me think back. A little I know. Bit. I mean, number one, and even as an adult, which I don't get snow days from work, but uh, <laughs> even as an adult, if I have a Dog snow day, him. number one thing to do is sleep in, of course. Um, you don't have to get up for school, so might as well keep sleeping. But And then I think my parents were, they would always say, okay, well, you know, the, the snow's not going to shovel itself, so they'd still put us to work. Exactly. It's, always get to just enjoy a snow day of not having responsibility. As but. a parent, you get the errands done. And then as a kid, I remember growing up, I grew up in Albion on a farm. So we would, like, no matter how bad the weather was, we were out sledding. Like, we were in the cornrows going down the hills sledding. Yep. So, anyway, just keep, uh, stay up to date with weather at KLIN and KLIN.com. You can also use our app, and uh, we will make sure that you understand and know exactly what's going on. We've got a great lineup of shows for the week. In just a minute, uh, we're going to be joined by State Senator Julie Slama. Uh, we're honored to have her in the studio today to talk about this year's legislative session that's gotten kicked off. It's really busy. She was sharing some things that are pretty interesting that I'm excited to talk about here in just a minute. Yesterday, Jeff Linquist from Teammates joined us. A great show about mentoring, especially for our youth today. If you missed it, uh, you can check out the podcast at KLAN.com or the KLAN app. Just check out Drive Time Lincoln. Tomorrow, there will be no show as a programming note because of men's Husker basketball. Thursday, Elena Newman, who's running for city council, will be in. And then on Friday, we're going to have uh, Special Agent Steve Bell and Emily Murray in from the DEA in Omaha. Uh, the fentanyl issue is really big. Uh, last year, they uh, recovered the most fentanyl that they ever have in the state of Nebraska and uh, over a million lethal doses, as a matter of fact. Fact. So they're going to talk to us about this. There are some things where fentanyl is being laced with certain types of medication, and we just need to be aware of that. So we want to make sure that we're on top of it. So we're excited to have them in on Friday. All right. Well, January 3rd, 2023, uh, the legislative session kicked off at the state capitol, and our senators, they've been busy setting up committees, working on their priorities for the session and all. Today, we're honored to have and be joined by Senator Julie Slama from District 1 uh, to help us get updated, really, on what's been going on and what's been happening in the current session. 
So if you've got a question for the senator, simply text in the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400, and we'll do our best to get that on. Senator Slama, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Thank you so much for having me on, Doug. As I drop my pen, so just as we get the introduction on. Well, thank you for being here. It's been fun to get to know you. We've got a mutual friend, and uh, she's like, man, uh, Senator Slama is amazing. So I uh, appreciate you being here. It's going to be a great conversation. Well, thank you. She's way too kind. God bless her. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, um, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about some issues in the second half of the show. But before we do that, I want people to get to know you. Um, you've got a lot of accolades. Uh, you have been involved in a lot of activity, especially from the political standpoint as well. A former athlete, too, uh, which has a passion to really help women in athletics. We'll talk about that in a minute. But would you kind of just give us your story about um, growing up and then ultimately how you got involved with politics? Absolutely. Yeah, I was born and raised outside of Peru, Nebraska, which is, um, for those of you who don't know about 20 miles south of nebraska city and my district district one encompasses southeast nebraska so oto johnson nemaha pawnee and richardson counties so i'm blessed to represent the place where i was born and raised went to auburn high school mm-hmm. and graduated from there in 2014 um and the one thing everybody should know about me is i don't come from a wealthy family and I don't come from a political family. Uh, my mom's a bank teller, and my dad just retired after 36 years, I believe, working maintenance at Cooper Nuclear Station. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of nuclear energy. Um, the only nuclear power station left in Nebraska yeah. is in my district. So my parents really were and are incredibly hard workers and work to instill that in my sisters and I. Um, I had the chance, my sisters and I are first generation college graduates. Um, I went out, out of state for college and like a lot of young Nebraska kids, I decided to come back home and come back home to Southeast Nebraska to work, live and raise my family. Hmm. Um, and I didn't plan on getting involved in politics. I just wanted to go to law school, um, which I graduated early came back home as soon as i can to enroll could uh to enroll in the university of nebraska college of law where i graduated in august um but the more i got plugged into politics in in uh 2018 um going into the 2018 uh election cycle the more i saw a lack of young conservative voices mm. in the legislature especially from rural areas like if you look at the legislature up until senator ballard got appointed um right before session this year i'm the only republican in that body besides senator ballard now thank goodness i've got a friend that's <laughs> under the age of 40 wow and so much of what we talk about in the legislature is how do you get young people to stay in Nebraska? How do you get them to come back? And with so many young senators being Democrats from urban areas, they're bringing their set of experiences. And I saw a real gap in that rural experience of this is why I came back to my small town. This is why I want to raise my kids or my parents raised me. So my predecessor won his election to the Public Service Commission, Dan Watermeyer. Mm-hmm. Unsurprisingly, now he's running the thing. He's chairman. <laughs> and I put my uh, name in the ring for appointment. I was 22 years old at the time, had no idea, um, no thought that I was ever going to actually get the appointment. Like I was a first semester law school student. But I really wanted to share what me and my friends had gone through as young people and what drew us back to 
home in Nebraska, thinking that whoever would get the appointment would be maybe take a couple of those ideas and that experience and um, run with it in the legislature, maybe. And I got the call uh, right at the end of 2018 asking if I wanted to serve my home district in the legislature. And it's been the most wonderful experience since then. And the opportunity to give back is something I really treasure. What was it like at 22, right? The youngest female to serve on uh, the legislature. What was it like to get that call? I mean, that has to be, (laughs) you're, you're my son's age. So I sit here and look and I go, man, you've accomplished a lot within the few years that you've been involved. What was it like to get that call? Oh, it was it was crazy to wrap my head around what that meant because I, I didn't view up until getting involved in politics in 2018. I, I viewed politicians more as characters and not as people like right. this isn't something that like normal people do. They have to have some sort of background and have a ton of money. And the more that I've gotten involved and walking on the floor at age 22 is really a surreal experience the more i've gotten away from that moment in my life the more i've appreciated the conservative mentors that stepped up like senator geist who's running for mayor of lincoln and i think she'd do an outstanding job who stepped up put their arm around me and said i'll show you how this place works and that mentorship is something that we've tried to replicate across the board for new senators, regardless of age, on the conservative side. And I've just been in awe of a lot of the conservatives that I've been lucky enough to have the chance to work with. It's 518. You're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499 KLIN. And we're talking with State Senator Julie Slama. And, okay, so I want to go back just a little bit. I've my you know I've thought about this a lot and I've thought about politics as well but when you're a state senator we don't pay state senators very much all right mm-hmm. so when we talk about wanting to get young people or people um really right in the middle of their career to step back from that and serve they have to you know spend at least 3 plus months outside of their job their current job and we're not paying really a full-time you know wage for them to be able to do that does that impact who gets involved with the you know at the legislature that absolutely impacts who can and can't get involved Yeah, because you have to either be like own your own business independently wealthy or retired is what we see a lot of and you said there's only two under 40 yeah um one uh senator ballard is a small business owner and i'm lucky enough as i was going through law school to be a self-employed paralegal and to have my own small business as well doing paralegal services Um, and right at the start i was living in my parents basement um, (laughs) to make ends meet which i'm kind of ashamed to admit but that's the only way that financially it could make sense so i completely understand the young people especially the young republicans who look at the legislature and go i can't do this at this point in my life Um, but for those who can, I'd wholeheartedly encourage them to get involved. Um, if you're self-employed, your employer can be flexible. I, I'd start having those conversations if you're interested as early as you can, because it's we need more young conservatives in the legislature. We really do. And the mentorship you talked about was so important. I'm so happy that you said that. Yesterday we had teammates on talking about how important it is to mentor our young people. I believe mentorship, no matter how old you are and what you're doing, if you want to excel at what you're passionate about mentorship is vital 
How important has it been for you? Oh, that's from a really young age changed my life. Um, as I said before, I'm a first generation college student. I've worked since the age of 15, uh, was a lifeguard over at the Auburn uh, Municipal Pool for many years and then worked my way through college. So mentors helped me so much along the way and just envisioning a brighter future for myself and being able to work and put in the time and believe in myself to graduate from law school, graduate from college, even um, put in the work and graduate from high school. Um, Everybody who's helped me along the way, I owe where I am today mm. to. I, mentorship is a life-changing experience, whether you are the mentor or the mentee. And now right. I have the chance to kind of give back on that front. And I absolutely am taking that bull by the horns. Well, hey, when you were growing up, sports was involved. You were involved in sports. It was uh, important yes. to you. You're passionate about it. As a matter of fact, you are um, also working to help young girls and women uh, in sports as well regarding Title IX. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that and your passion with sports and what your plan is to really help serve in that area. Absolutely. For me, I I was blessed to have a lot of opportunities growing up at Auburn High School for sports. I was in volleyball and track, and that's carried on now to where I run marathons and ultra marathons. And I look at the current layout of women's sports, and I see it really being disintegrated. Mm. I, the entire, all of the efforts of Title IX since the seventies to protect women's sports and to encourage women to get involved and grow. And Nebraska is such an amazing place for women's sports, yes. whether you look at our women's basketball team, um, who last year, I, I think won the Big Ten, our women's volleyball team, who just, rocks it every year or women's softball team or women's rifle team like on down the line with Bowling. the university of nebraska they're, they're sports. absolutely <laughs> like how many national titles has the nebraska women's team won <laughs> yeah and those are teams that girls look up to and women look up to i like i know i looked up to like the bowling team when i was getting involved in the kids league uh, my mom's big into bowling too so that helped or like the women's volleyball team like i was the little girl who looked up to jordan larson as a kid like many others do and did um so for me i want to protect that and make sure our next generation of girls can have that experience as i see it being compromised in the name of wokeness mm. and having biological men competing against women so i'm proud to support senator kaus's efforts she just introduced a bill today to protect women's sports and i'm going to be fighting right alongside her with that and providing my support however i can and if you're interested in in getting involved and making your voice heard at the committee hearing, uh, reach out to Senator Kaus's office or mine, and I'm more than happy to help you out, um, help you if you've never testified in a committee hearing before, um, never sent in a letter. I'm more than happy to help you along in that process. Just feel free to reach out. That's so good. Uh, let's talk about this. You have some impressive firsts. All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, youngest female state senator to serve um, uh, at age 22. During this session, you're the first woman elected to serve as the chairman of banking, commerce and insurance on the committee there. Is mm-hmm. that correct? What is it like to um, have those really your peers actually um, see uh, the work you're doing and reward that? Yeah. It, when I walked on the floor at age 22, I knew that 
I'd have to earn the respect of my colleagues. Anybody in the legislature, when they walk onto the floor, when it comes to leadership roles and having a, a, a role of respect in the legislature, that's earned. That's not a given. And there are certain people in the legislature who don't have that respect, um, who probably will never move up in the ranks and be able to have an impact when it comes to policy. And for me, I had to prove that by showing up every day, being one of the most prepared people in the room, if not the most prepared person in the room, reading all the bills, catching lines where Democrats were trying to sneak in um, different concepts and bills and calling them out on that and being unapologetic in representing rural Nebraska and representing conservative values and getting up on the mic and speaking my mind, even if it was taking on Senator Chambers, which I did on <laughs> many occasions. Um, and if you can step up and have that confidence in yourself as a young conservative, I, you can you can go places. Like I'm, I'm just grateful every day to be able to serve the district that raised me and get have these leadership positions. Well, this has been a great conversation with State Senator Julie Slama. Uh, she's going to stick around for the second half of the show. We're going to talk about issues. We're going to dig into constitutional carry, voter ID taxes, uh, and some other things. She also told me about a procedural thing that happened with the Democrats today that you're going to want to hear about, and we're going to have her in the second half of the show. It's 525. You're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1400 and 99. KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. It's 528, 39 degrees outside. We are currently in a winter storm morning starting tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And it's going to go for 24 hours. So just expect anywhere between 3 to 8 inches of snow, some ice. Be careful out there. Stay tuned to KLIN. We'll keep you up to date on the weather. Also, we'll keep you up to date on uh, you know where to go to check for school closings as well. Well, a uh, quick look at Husker sports. Uh, the Husker men's basketball team has two games on slate this week that impact uh, part of it impacts our show. Wednesday night, they take on Ohio State here in Lincoln. Pre-game starts at 5, tip-off at 6, and then on Saturday, Penn State, pre-game at 12.15, tip-off at 1.15. Both of those games can be heard right here on KLIN. Then the 11-7 and 7 women's basketball team, they got a busy week too. Wednesday, they're going to be at Purdue, and then Sunday, number 9, Maryland, here in Lincoln. And then Husker baseball kicks off. Can you believe it, Johnny? Husker baseball, February 17th. Uh, first pitch is going to be at 8 p.m. So uh, we'll keep you up to date with that. Caleb Henry, our sports director and program director, will also make sure that we know exactly what's going on in the area of sports. Well, we had Senator State, uh, State Senator Julie Slama in. We're going to carry on the conversation the second half of the show, talking about constitutional carry, voter ID, taxes, abortion, and so much more. Plus, she was sharing with me during the break that the Democrats uh, had pulled some kind of stunt today that you're going to want to hear about, and it's going to be interesting uh, to hear about that as well. So we're excited to have uh, Senator Slama on. On the show. All right. Well, up next, we're going to check in with Fox News and then uh, KLIN News with Michael Wheeler, who does an amazing job uh, on our news team. You're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. 
Well, thank you for joining us on your drive home today. Tomorrow's drive home might be a little bit different, but today is going to be just fine. It's 39 degrees outside here in Lincoln. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for Jack. He's going to be back in the seat next week. He's off on the west side of the country enjoying the warm weather. Um, We're not going to have warm weather because we're right now in the winter storm warning. Starts at uh, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, goes throughout the day. Uh, Please be careful. Three to eight inches of snow, some possible ice. We'll keep you up to date here at KLIN. All right, uh, coming up on Drive Time Lincoln this week. Tomorrow we will not have a show. Husker basketball is taking over. Then on Thursday, Elena Newman running for city council. And then on Friday, we will have Special Agent Steve Bell and Emily Murray from the DEA in Omaha talking about fentanyl and the epidemic that's here in Nebraska and across the country. Today we've been having a great conversation, and between breaks we're having so much fun uh, with State Senator Julie Slama. If you missed the discussion in the first half of the show, I highly recommend that you go back, check it out, learn about her story. It's so important. Uh, you can check out our podcast at KLIN.com or on the KLIN app. All you have to do is uh, search Drive Time Lincoln. All right, Senator Slama, here we go. Let's jump into some of the topics, some of the important issues I know that our listeners are um, you know, really thinking about. First thing um, I think we want to talk about uh, was tax relief, right? Yeah. But but before we do that, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. before we do that, right, you had something interesting happen today on the floor that the Democrats did that was kind of unique yeah. and interesting. So I want to hear about this firsthand news, like right off the floor. Oh, definitely. So. And something that your listeners like y'all should know about me is I'm a policy <laughs> nerd. I'm a procedure nerd. It's these little things that get me fired up. And something really important happened on the floor today. Normally at the start of session, it's very low key on the floor. It's bill introduction. Sometimes, like this year, people will complain about their committee assignments, but that's about it. Right at noon today, uh, the liberal Democrats, led by Lincoln State Senator Danielle Conrad, dropped a motion to adjourn sine die. Now, what that means is to adjourn for the rest of the year. Uh, and it was. It was a motion made when a lot of people had already left for the afternoon for their noon meetings, and it was just Democrats on the floor. So there was a chance at that point, based on the number of people on the floor, that it could have passed, and we could have been out of session for the rest of the year. Complete, it's a complete slap in the face to our constitutional duties, yeah. because we have a duty to Nebraskans to be there 90 days, pass a budget, and pass bills and put in the work. But that adjourn sine die motion was brought because the liberals know they don't have the votes to stop what they want to stop this year. They don't have the votes to stop property tax relief. They don't have the votes to stop constitutional carry. They don't have the votes to stop school choice. They don't have the votes to let biological men compete with women in kids' sports. They don't have the votes to stop all of these key issues, and they know it. If we can stick together, we have 33 votes on so many of these key issues. And again, that's with the caveat of if we can stick together. Right. I, and we had 33 votes on and off last year, but we have such a more solid group this year with the new conservatives that have come in that don't vote with the Democrats like some of the moderates did um, that turned out from the last biennium. So they dropped this adjourned sine die motion trying to get out of a session where they knew they were going to lose. Like they've already raised the white flag in protest and they lost by a ton. But just to see that motion get made, it doesn't happen. 
What would it ta- would it have taken to pass that? It's a majority of those present. So if there are really? ten people on the floor and seven Democrats ended up voting for this, um, and three oppose it, we're done. We're Seriously? out of there. Yeah. What is the purpose of that motion? I mean, obviously, it's available to use. What would be the reason to have it? Uh, the reason to have it is you have to have a motion to end the session. So when we get to June at the end of session. When you're done with all the work that you've done for yeah, the year. We'll make a motion to adjourn sine die. Or sometimes in some years after we pass the budget, which we're constitutionally obligated to do, we get to a point on like day 85 or so of 90 where we've achieved what we're going to achieve mm-hmm. for this session with what we've introduced. So we make that motion to adjourn sine die just so that we can come back next year and to see it dropped on day nine. And wow. sometimes it gets dropped as a, just a joke during late night sessions, some filibuster task tactic. I have never seen it get dropped on day nine. And the message was loud and clear that the liberals are running scared because they don't have the votes. What was the number? What was the vote count? Do you remember? The vote count was seven to 33. And Mm. the only reason why so many people were able to come back was one of the Republicans on the floor had the good sense to do a call of the house. So to require all of the members like, hey, guys, get back on the floor um, and to give us a minute to all assemble in, in the legislature so they couldn't sneak one by and adjourn session for the year. But that was what they were trying to do. They were counting and going, wow, a lot of people are over at the Leva luncheon or having meetings because they didn't expect to go to noon today for bill introduction. Let's drop this motion and see if we can get the votes and get a get out of jail free card because we don't have the numbers. That is amazing to me. I mean, to hear, so, you know, me involved in the political world, being on drive time, obviously I've learned a lot. I've been able to uh, meet a a lot of great people from across the aisle and interview. But to learn how politics that literally goes on behind the politics is amazing to me. So something like that is, that's, I'd never heard that before in my life. So thanks for sharing that. That was interesting. Absolutely. And it's not something you're going to hear about on the news. It's not going to get a story, but... Holy cow, the Democrats were playing Russian roulette with our state today. That's crazy. Well, let's talk about, um, let's talk about property tax relief. I know you just um, saw that they actually had a bill now. Um, and so let's talk about property tax relief and what your thoughts are regarding that and how it's going to impact, uh, our citizens. Yeah. Uh, LB 589 was the package introduced today, and there's actually a few parts to this property tax relief bill. It's 2.5 billion dollars over the course of the next few years and it tackles a few issues that are really important um, to nebraska to rural nebraska one of the things that gets me fired up in our state is that we say that a kid who is sitting in a classroom in pawnee city doesn't deserve as much state funding as a kid in papillion if you look at the breakdown of what are state funds through the TIOSA formula, which decides how much of your um, school funding is going to come from state aid versus property taxes, mm-hmm. which are all on the local level, um, it disproportionately impacts those who own more land. So ag producers, farmers get hit the hardest with property taxes. And if you look at our state aid formula, 
half of the money that we spend on state aid to schools goes to the three largest school districts in the state. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Public Schools, Omaha Public Schools, and Millard. The next 25% goes to the next 13 largest school districts in the state. So the remaining 230 or so school districts are left to fight over that last 25% of state funding. And 158 out of Nebraska's 244 school districts don't receive a dime of state funding through this state aid formula. Yeah. And to me, I see it play out in rural Nebraska at the hardest where you have situations where property taxpayers, normally farmers, are overtaxed. They're getting taxed out of their livelihoods and the school isn't receiving the support it should be receiving from the state. So they're stuck leaning on these property taxpayers to keep the doors open to the school, to keep the lights on at the school, to offer even basic services um, to their students. And the great part about this package is that it provides state funding to every school district in Mm. the state, some level of base funding, which is something rural senators have been fighting for for years. It also increases state funding to those schools that are already receiving state funding as well. But it caps the increase of spending for these school districts to 3% spending growth per year. That's something that can be overridden. It's a soft cap. It's not a hard cap. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense, given the fact that we're facing like 6 to 7 to 8 to 9% inflation, depending on what month it is. So that makes sense, and it's a very economically reasonable plan uh, to increase our funding to our schools and have that direct impact for our property taxpayers because property taxes aren't levied on a state level. When we say property tax relief on a state level, it's always through some sort of indirect means because those are all levied on a local level. Um, so it's really exciting to see this package get brought to fund things like special education Mm -hmm. that are historically way underfunded. Like the state and federal government are obligated to pay 80% of special needs program funding for our school districts. And they haven't been meeting that obligation. The state of Nebraska hasn't been meeting that obligation. That hits the smallest schools the hardest. So we're adding funding to that. We're finally going to start making strides towards meeting that requirement and taking that unfunded mandate off of our the burden of our local school districts. Um, there are so many pieces to this bill. The more I dig into it, the more I like it. And it's a really creative approach that supports our rural school districts, supports our rural property taxpayers, and is sustainable for the state of Nebraska in the long haul and provides tax relief where we really need it. Yeah. And I, I think we'll see more tax relief in the form of income tax relief be brought um, tomorrow as well. Um, and I'm excited to see that because right now our revenues are way over what we need to run our state. Right. That means we're taking too much of Nebraskans money in taxes. That money needs to go back to the taxpayers. So to see this being return to the taxpayers and property tax relief and income tax relief in a really thoughtful way to where it's sustainable over the long term. And to have a legislature that's being thoughtful in considering it, 
It's exciting. I mean, in the last few years, we've gotten over a billion dollars worth of property tax relief. We've had structural income tax relief. But this is something that's so much bigger than that. Mm. And I'm thrilled to see where this goes. It's 549. We're talking with State Senator Julie Salama on 1499 KLIM. Uh, you are co-sponsor uh, with Senator Brewer on the constitutional carry bill, right? To LB 77. Where do you stand on that? I'm excited about this. I'm excited about it, too. As your listeners may know, constitutional carry came just two votes short Mm -hmm. of passing last year. Two votes. 31. We needed 33. It was one of the most disappointing votes of the entire session. We're coming back this year with, again, 16 new senators. A lot of them are strong conservatives. The numbers look so much better for us this year to get to 33 than they did last year. And I'm so proud to fight the good fight with Senator Brewer, Colonel Brewer, mm-hmm. um, on, for our Second Amendment rights by pushing for constitutional carry. Our neighboring states have this, and Democrats point towards boogeyman they say the world's going to end it's like if you don't turn into a day in the legislature besides the constitutional carry day like please turn in that day it is like the worst written soap opera you could possibly see and it's all political theater of democrats pointing to scary things that the world will end the sky will fall if constitutional carry happens well every other state around us for the most part has constitutional carry I think it's a very valid interpretation of the Second Amendment. I support the Second Amendment. I'm proud to be a concealed carry permit holder myself. Um, but it's it's just common sense, mm-hmm. which I, I know is above some Democrats' heads in the legislature. But constitutional carry is one of those no-brainers that's been proven to be safe in other states and proven, like, like the fact that Nebraska is behind on this issue is crazy. So but, what does it actually mean, constitutional mm-hmm. carry? What does it give a person a right to do? It gives a person the right to carry a, a weapon um, in spaces where it's allowed. Right. Obviously, areas that are gun-free zones like schools, bars, that would still stand But you would have your right, which I believe is constitutionally permitted already to carry a firearm without a permit in the state of Nebraska, which I I think is a very fair thing to do. Something that we see in the Second Amendment debate and the Democrats just say, well, why don't you just become a concealed carry holder if you want to carry around a gun? The class to qualify for a concealed carry permit is 200 bucks. So it's really a it's a hurdle. It's a financial expense to express your constitutional right. We don't say you have to take a class and pay $200 to express your freedom of speech or practice your religion of choice. We say that only for the Second Amendment. So to get rid of that burden, it's something that will disproportionately benefit those who don't have the financial means, like the woman who's in a domestic violence situation who's lower income and goes, I can only afford to get the firearm like I'm saving up for months to be able to get this firearm to defend myself. I'm going to have to save up another few months to buy the class so that I can actually carry this and protect myself. I I think of the young college student that's going from very small paycheck to very small paycheck Mm -hmm. and going Gosh, because I was in that situation, like in the legislature, I got my concealed carry permit um, because I was getting threats. I was getting followed, that sort of thing. 
And I put together a little budget. It was adorable to save up to buy a firearm and to take the class. And that took time. Yeah. And for me, there wasn't anything urgent. There wasn't an urgent threat to my well-being at that point. But I think of other young women in that situation, and I go, there shouldn't be a financial hurdle for you to express your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms to protect yourselves. The criminals, they're going to break the laws to get the guns anyways. This is about allowing law-abiding citizens to exercise their Second Amendment rights. So what do you think the, um, the odds are then for this past, finally, this year? I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but it definitely <laughs> looks better than it did last year. Because it was one one vote last year? Two votes. Two votes. Two yep. votes. Yep, we missed. Yep. Okay. So I we definitely have a better count this year, but again, that's if everybody can stay together on the issue. So I, I am feeling better this year than I was last year about it. We have just a couple of minutes. Uh, you are very involved with staying in communication with your constituents and yeah. working with people. How can people get in touch with you? And if people want to get involved with the process as well, what do you what do you encourage them to do? Yeah, I, I'd encourage you to reach out to my office. We have a social media presence. You can get on my um, official Facebook page, Twitter page, Senator Julie Slama. I keep everyone up to date with votes there. Um, my office office email is j slama so j s l a m a at l e g dot n e dot gov um, or my office phone number is 402-471-2733 or if you just get on the nebraska legislature's website you can find your senator you can find my contact information if you didn't happen to be as you're driving writing that mm-hmm. down um but <laughs> go yeah. back and listen to the podcast i'm i'm here to serve you so always feel free to reach out because i'm i'm here for it well thank you so much for coming it's been great this is a great conversation i wish you the best and uh, you're thank always you. welcome back anytime thank you so much for All having right. me you bet. Senator Slama, thank you so much for being here today. It's 5.55, and we're going to take our final break before we wrap things up. You're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. On 1499.3 KLIN. At 5.58, is currently, what is it, Johnny? Let me check here. I, I, fl- I ran ahead to the storm warning page. It's 37. Feels like 36. So just a little bit of a breeze out there but we do have a winter storm warning i wanted to make sure i get all this information out starting at 6 a.m tomorrow morning going to 6 a.m on thursday and we can expect some heavy mixed precipitation snow accumulations between three and eight inches with ice as well and that's going to be the big thing up to a tenth of an inch they say and it's going to be gusty the winds are going to be around 25 to 35 miles an hour so seriously this is going to be a, a decent storm that we haven't seen for a while so be very careful uh, travel is going to be hazardous chris lofgren would tell you keep the lights on and be very careful drive Drive slow and respect the other drivers out there. So um, just stay up to date at KLIN. We'll take care of you and make sure that you know what's going on outside. Well, Husker Sports, um, coming up tomorrow, we will not have a show for Drive Time Lincoln because the Husker men's basketball team will be taking on Ohio State here in Lincoln. Pre-game's going to start at 5, and tip-off will start at 6 o'clock. Then on Saturday, they travel to Penn State. Pre-game at 12.15, tip-off at 1.15. Both of those games will be able to be heard right here on KLIN. And then the women's basketball team have two games this weekend. Wednesday, uh, tomorrow, they'll be at Purdue, and Sunday, they'll be in Maryland. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Drive Time Lincoln today. If you want to catch the recording of today's show, I highly recommend that you do so. Head over to our website at KLN.com and also the KLN app. Just look up Drive Time Lincoln on the podcast section. We want to thank uh, our guest today, Senator Julie Slama. It was a great conversation. also want to thank Johnny Cadillac for producing
producing the show. Sports Nightly is up next. You have been listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. Be safe tomorrow.